I'm Roberto. And I'm Brendan. And together, we are ranking the Russian rulers from Rurik to Putin. This week, what is a czar? Well, before we get into the meat of the episode, I think it's necessary for us to introduce ourselves. I'm Roberto, as you heard me say earlier, and some of you may have heard my voice on another podcast, such as the History of Sacramento, Georgia. My credentials for studying Russian history include my, well, you know, degree in Russian and having lived there for my study abroad and basically taking all the history courses and visiting all the museums. So luckily, I can actually read the sources for once and access some of the more uncommon non-English ones. I want to put my Russian degree to good use and after listening to podcasts such as Pontifax and Battle Royale, I wanted to jump on the Rexypod bandwagon and make yet another podcast because I'm not busy enough with the one about Georgia. Of course, I asked Brendan to join me and he said yes. Yes, hello everybody, my name is Brendan and my credentials for studying Russian history are absolutely nothing. But I have known Roberto for a long time, and I've been the script editor of History of Sarkar Villa, Georgia, for a very long time. And my role here is simply to not know anything and then react with distaste or aplomb or surprise at whatever tidbits Roberto shares with me. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going to end up happening. Um, I am a kind of... I'm not a monarchist, but I love reading about like monarchies and stuff, so... For me, it's kind of like, this is the fun bit. I get to research all of these, like, really important people who are just absolutely horrible. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not a monarchist either, and this podcast should not be construed as me supporting a monarchy or really any Russian ruler. As far as I can tell, all of them have... They're all... Russian history is more famous for its villains than its heroes, unfortunately. This is not a dig at Russia, but... I am also something of a fan of historical villains. You know, we all have that morbid curiosity. We just can't look away as we watch horrible people do horrible things. Yeah, that's pretty much. I have a few favorites, which will, which are in the later time period. So basically, I'm learning as much of the older rulers as you are. But at the same time, I'm already familiar with a lot of them. I just, because I took the courses in Russian. So I have some big familiarity, but... Because of me just kind of being in the mode of, I'm still learning the language, I didn't pick up as much as I could. But now that I can actually, you know, read academic writing and just kind of go out of my way and, hey, this is kind of the fun stuff. I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring in the Russian rulers. And that's a Rexypod that people have been wanting for a while. And I was like, well, I kind of want to do it because I like this kind of stuff anyways. Yeah. I mean, you actually do speak Russian and you've spent time in Russia. I think out of everybody who's ever made a podcast like this, you're probably the most qualified. Besides somebody who's from Russia or a country bordering Russia. Or, you know, there's other podcasters who do Russia podcasts and they've lived in Russia, have Russian family or are married to Russian. So they kind of have that help too. But it's nice. Yeah, it is nice. And, you know, it's important to have a Russian perspective, but there's also important to have um, perspectives outside of Russia. And, well, I think it's time to get into the format of the show, because you're basically learning this as, like, as you go as well. Yes, for the listeners at home, Roberto literally just texts me uh, the things I need to read off here. So, um, well, he, he warned me ahead of time, but also some of it is in Russian, and, yeah, I'm no good with reading that. I can't even, it's in Cyrillic, so that I'm no good with that. Don't worry, we're not even there yet. Oh, oh, that part? Okay, never mind. Yeah, no, so the in, the show format. So what is going to be in an episode? Because, you know, for most Rexy podcasts, I know you've only listened to Pontifax briefly. So I'm going to go through, like, what's going to be in every episode, 
unless we decide to change things somewhere down along the line, which I probably won't want to because this is I think this is a pretty good format. You guys may have already heard the intro music, which is the March of Defenders of Moscow by the Red Army Choir. Banger. It is a banger. And then the later on, you can hear the outro, which is Khachu Peremien by the most famous punk artist in Russia, Viktor Tsoi, who's like a Russian-Korean guy. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like he's the punk guy. Um, the fun bit about him is basically... In the 90s, he had a car accident where he died, but people were like, Aww. he didn't, he wasn't intoxicated or anything. And it's kind of weird how he just ended up at a car crash. So people are, like to blame oh. the Soviet government for killing him because, you know, he's a punk artist who's making lots of change. I thought you'd enjoy the little punk aspect of that. Yeah, I did. I, I haven't heard of him, but that sounds really cool. Oh, he's great. Um, Yeah, I'm super into you know, uh, punk from other countries. Well, you can look him up. He has some really good stuff, and he's possibly the most famous, like, like rock artist in Russia. Sounds sick. Culture aspects today. And then, of course, we're going to go into, right off the bat, we're going to introduce who the ruler is. We're going to have our own intro, like, hey, this is a ruler, blah, 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 blah. And then the fun part is it won't happen all the time because if we have a repeating name, we can't really do it again. But we're going to go into the etymological meaning of a ruler's name if we haven't covered it before. And then we're going to talk about the biography, you know, their whole life from when they're born or from what we know them when they pop into history and then till they die. And then we're going to rank him as every good Rexy pod should. And then after that, we're going to read a poem in English and Russian. Nice. Well, I was going to ask you to remind me what we're doing this time, but we'll wait to the end. Yeah, I think the first thing to know, like... The most important question, which is the title of this episode, what is a czar? What are we qualifying as a czar? So, Brendan, we talked about about this earlier. What, what do you think? Well, I know it's etymologically related to Caesar, which, of course, is a title given to Roman rulers. I don't, I don't know if it means the exact same thing as emperor. I assume it does. I don't know if that title was always in use in Roman times when it wasn't actually an empire rather than a republic. Yeah, as you can see, I'm not I'm not very historically literate on this part of history. So I know it's related to the word Caesar, the Latin word Caesar. I mean, what else is there to say? It's the ruler of the Russian Empire, the Russian state, what have you. Yes, essentially you're right. So Tsar does come from the word Caesar. Um, in Byzantine times, it would be kind of like a junior emperor. Mm, um, okay. So like, it's not like the guy in charge because that's the you know that's the Augustus or the Basileus with Byzantium, which is what they're going to see. So like. You would have people who would be like beneath the Basileus or the Roman Emperor. And they would be known as as czars, especially because you, you see the term come up in Bulgaria first with the Slavic people there. Hmm. So the term, because they're not a full-on emperor, but they're just a rank below the, you know, the Russian, the Roman Emperor. So they're known as czars. But we're actually not going to get to the czars until we're halfway through our podcast, actually. Whoa. Yeah, we've got a bit of a ways to go because we're covering the heads of the Russian state. Because we said all Russian rulers. So we got the princes of Novgorod, the grand princes of Kiev, the grand princes of Vladimir. Then it becomes the grand duke of Moscow. Then we get the czar of Russia. And then the czar turns into an emperor. Then, you know, Russian revolution. We get the provisional government. Then that gets kicked out to become the USSR. So we're going to go over Lenin and the general secretaries because that's really... Who holds the power at that point? Yeah, the head of the Russian state. Exactly. The head of the Russian state. And then we're going to go over the president's air quotes. Okay. But, I mean, when we're talking about Russian history, Russian rulers, 
they ruled way more than the territory that we know as Russia. They ruled a lot of other parts. Yeah, so like we like the biggest extent is like under Alexander the second or third. There's two there's three Alexanders like and they're they rule second and third rules right after each other. I'm guessing it's the second. But they basically mm. owned a big chunk of Eastern Europe and, you know, Alaska. Alaska and they have so basically there's a lot of territory they have, so there's a lot of like minor you know, minorities in the Russian Empire itself. But since we're cover- since we're doing the the great man aspect of everything, I'm gonna go on and say if you want to learn more about the peoples of the Russian Empire, I highly recommend the Russian Empire History Podcast because they go over all the peoples of the Russians, not just the head honchos. But we're ranking these people for fun, right? Alrighty. So basically, these Russian rulers should take us from about the year 800 to the modern day. And since we're going to cover a vast amount of history. Because I'm pretty sure you can, most people know the names like Ivan the Terrible, Catherine the Great, because the Great, sometimes Peter the Great, but he's more likely less forgotten. But so basically Ivan the Terrible and Catherine the Great are the most recognizable like Russian rulers. And then of course you have Vladimir Putin and Stalin and Lenin. No, sorry. Trotsky was ahead of the Red Army. He was never, well, I don't know. There's factions within every government. There's factions. We might cover them, but we're not going to. We'll decide once we get there if we want to cover them or not, because we would have to change, like, our rankings, because, you know, if we're, we're going to cover people who's not a ruler, we got, we do have to change right. the ranking system. It's like with, you know, it's we're not necessarily making any kind of political statement by choosing who counts as a Russian ruler. It's like with um, Pontifex had this issue, There, there's popes, there's official, there's an official list of popes that's literally carved in stone, it's at the Vatican, I believe. Um, but there are numerous anti-popes, which were, they did cover except in Patreon episodes. So. Patreon idea. Yeah, which gives us an idea for the Patreon bonus episodes. But, you know, there's, there's always more to a given political system than who happens to be in charge at the time. You know, if it, you know, it always depends, but the head honcho or the face of the state is always, always less powerful than people think he is or her. Pretty much. And, well, if we're going to get run into a lot of issues, because as I mentioned, there's a lot of grand princes of different areas. So if you want the list we're using, basically go to Wikipedia minus like a ruler or two, because there's a lot of people during the Soviet era where I just like Stalin was actually in charge at this point. I don't know what you're talking about, but they're marked as the Russian ruler because they were the de facto head of state. But it was actually Stalin in charge. Mm-hmm. We're gonna just skip all that and concentrate on Stalin. I'm probably gonna I'm gonna butcher his name pronunciation, but I happen to know that you know Vladimir Putin and Dmitry Med- Medvedev or Medvedev. Medvedev, right? Basically, Dmitry the Bear. Yeah, Dmitry the Bear. They have switched um, places in prime minister and president at various points in time, but Vladimir Putin was in charge. Pretty much, and. Once we get to Putin's episode, we'll decide if you want to split it up in two or just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, four years from now. <laughs> four years from now. Maybe maybe longer, because who knows what we're going to end up doing. Also, probably a lot more history will be happening four years from now. Maybe we'll have to change the, you know, from Rurik to Putin. Was going to have to go into Rurik to something new? Who knows? He's getting old. Yeah, who knows? Hopefully something changes. I am a journalist by trade and by training. I will probably be bringing in current events to comment on them. However, covering Putin as a historical figure will have to wait a many episodes. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that one because it is... We're going to have some feelings because we're living through it. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. 
And this podcast has a lot of bias, so just we're going to bring you as much historical fact as possible, but there will be biases towards certain people and the things they do, because we are totally going to say, these people were quite horrible with the things they did. And there will be trigger warnings in certain episodes, because there's some people who did some really bad stuff. Well, I mean, you can't blame us if there's a guy whose name is literally The Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My understanding is that the Russian word for um, terrible does not always necessarily translate to terrible re- regarding Ivan's epithet. We'll get there when we That's get there. a spoiler for me. I'm not allowed, that's the other thing, I'm not allowed to learn about any Russian rulers. I'm probably going to break that rule once or twice. So I'm guessing it's time we start talking about the rankings. Alright, let's go. Spetsalne operatsia. Or special operations. How well did they do in battle, lead in battle, or have others lead in battle for them? Military prowess, because sometimes you lose and it's not really your fault. They did a good job, and basically the odds were against them, sure. But I'm also going to give them points on, did they try to, you know, save their soldiers and people? Because if they're just sending them into battle to die, well, that's not the mark of a good general. But if they're actually, you know, even if they try to save people, I'm going to be like, yeah, that gets a point because they tried to withdraw and save them. Or, like, they never lost a battle. Or stuff like that. Lots of stuff. We're going to talk about it on each episode and just kind of discuss what we want to do on that aspect. Yeah. Well, it's a little difficult because, uh, you know, recalling my uh, uh, my knowledge of history because of a podcast by Robert Evans, who I'm not sure I, whose name I can say, covered the conquest of India by the British East India Company. And much of their military success was due completely to the technological advantage. Russia's... Tends to be a bit behind the time, so we'll cover that once we get there. You'll see why. But they have a lot of people. They do, which is which usually helps. You, you'll see. Успех <laughs> or success. How successful were they in running their nation? What cultural significance did they leave behind? Essentially, were they good rulers? Did they leave the state better than when they got it? Did would you live under that kingdom essentially? Right. And regarding the cultural significance, this is things like music, paintings, all forms of art, all forms of cultural expression. I'm not going to say one form of cultural expression is objectively better than another. However, subjectively, I like some things better than others. And literature. Don't forget literature. I also think of it as, did they leave stuff behind for other people to learn from? And not just... We're going to go a Viking and burn everything down and leave nothing behind. It's like, dude, cultural significance includes that they leave history behind for us to use. And they also like make sure that there's, we can learn about how they lived, which is what I think like to think of it as. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Compromat. Or blackmail. What dastardly deeds did they do behind closed doors? Or outwardly that made other people dislike them? Basically, how horrible of a person were they? Mm-hmm. And once again, you know, you, you can't avoid bias with this because Ivan the Terrible. And also, I happen to I happen to know things about the absolutely horrible things Stalin did, horrible things Putin did, which were ongoing, and uh, probably a lot of things that will never make it into history books, which are sort of up in the air by design on their part. Yeah, and also just kind of, we want to see how horrible a person they were. And just kind of, and then we're going to compare them against each other as were they more horrible than this person, more horrible than that person. You'll see the further along we go in ranking, like, 
yeah, but were they as bad as this guy? And then we judge points because we're going to rank based off of the preceding people. Because I'm making the hard rule that we're not going to rank them against the people that come after them. Because basically they need to surpass the people before them somehow. So I feel like that's more equitable in that regard. Because I know, basically once we reach the Russian Empire, I know a bit too much ahead of time. Yeah. And, and again, this is like, this is in relation to each other, not in relation to some objective standard. Like, we could point out the inherent injustice in a monarchical or feudal, monarchical or feudal system, or what have you. But, that's not the focus of this podcast. The focus of this podcast is, what were they personally responsible for that was so horrible? Next ranking. Boje moi. Or, oh my god. How good did they look we'll be using the best picture that roberto honestly likes best and he thinks shows what he looks like or you know the closest to contemporary photography did not exist for the vast majority of the russian empire's history so besides that we're just going to find the picture where they came off as the most handsome as far as we can tell yeah because I, I want you know i want these guys to look good so like if you know if they suck at some things we can be like Damn, he does look good. It's like, okay, but if you're pretty, you can get away with a lot. I mean, just look at Stalin. Everybody's, everybody's seen that picture of, like, young Stalin. Oh my gosh, that is a heartthrob. Yeah, like, he has, like, the scarf, he has, like, the hair. Um, and then later he's, like, old and gross and fatty. He has that dumb, dumb mustache. Looks like Super Mario. Yeah, but, oh my gosh, young Stalin. Oof. Goddamn. I know, right? And last one. Vladichestva. Or power holding. Uh, I was going to guess it means longevity. But that means how long were they on the throne? And the objective score for this will be going up against Ivan the Terrible's reign because he ruled the longest at a staggering 50 years and 3 months. About. About that. We're rounding a bit. So basically everyone has to beat Ivan the Terrible. So those points will be already there and... Mm -hmm. They're already ranked by then, so Ivan the Terrible is number one in that sense, because he is the standard holder. The nice thing is, that's one less thing we have to do at the end of the day. That's true. If for once, the decision is out of our hands. Although, I think, to be fair, again, it is not always your fault, because Russia is a large country. Much of its military successes can be explained by the old adage, don't invade Russia in the winter. Many, many generals have learned that lesson the hard way. Um, and also they could just happen to be ruling during peacetime. To be fair, there's quite a lot of external factors, but this unfortunately will just have to be the number and we'll, I guess we'll try to weigh it against successes. Yeah, we'll see. We, we don't know who's going to be the top one. I'm biased against who I want it to be, but you know, I won't tell Brendan who it is. I, I'm pretty sure he can guess it though. I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally don't have a favorite. I mean, I'm going to call it now. I'm going to say, uh, is it Catherine the Great? No, no. Okay. Well, person, I'll see. I'm probably just going to go with the one who I think was the most horrible. Because, again, you know, everybody everybody has that morbid curiosity. I mean, why do people spend all this time listening to true crime podcasts? Because bad people are interesting. Ain't that the truth. Well, Brendan, I think it's time we get into the meat of the episode fantastic um it's time it's time to talk about the slobs all right brendan what do you know about the slobs i know they speak a language of families called slavic i know their region of the world is dominated by the eastern orthodox church 
I know that their alphabet is Cyrillic. Not all the time. Not all the time, of course. And I know it consists of Russia, well, modern-day countries. Well, I can't name ethnic groups, but there are, there are Russians, there are Bulgarians, Serbians, Albanians? Not Albanians. No, Albanians aren't Slavs. Okay. Well, we're going to probably get a lot of Albanian hate mail then. You might. I mean, if we wanted if we wanted hate mail, we could talk about um, all the accomplishments of the Ottoman Empire, but we're not going to. Ukrainians, although I'm not sure to what degree they're a separate ethnic group or what at point they became a different ethnic group. Um, well, the distinction between ethnic groups is arbitrary anyway. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that as we get there. Because it, it doesn't happen until, like, later. So, okay, I know... I know Slav is an umbrella term for an ethnic group that lives in the Caucasus and the eastern part of Europe. There's not a lot of Slavs in the Caucasus. <laughs> if they're there, they're they're from Russia, usually. So. All right. What I'm picking up here is they live in the northeastern part of um, Europe for the most part. You'll find out because we're about to, I'm gonna, I have a huge list of stuff we can go over. All right. All right. Are you, get your learning hat on. Make sure it says dunce on it. And uh, we'll get started. Yeah, I got my learning hat on. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go into a brief overview of the Slavic people because there's just a lot we can go into. And people have written books on the subject. Since it essentially covers the history of the Slavic peoples, it's going to be intermeshed within our timeline. So Slavic is more of a linguistic term that refers to people that speak the languages in the Slavic group of Indo-European languages. And it went through a bit of an evolution to be referred to as Slavic. So if we go back all the way to the early 6th century, there were different terms for the Slavs to refer to a particular group of barbarians north of the Danube frontier. Uh, the term barbarian seems a little biased. I mean, it's a bit biased, but those were the Romans writing it. Or like the the, the more su- supposedly civilized nations. Mm-hmm. Um, so the earliest use we can find in Western Europe can be found in Fredegar's Chronicle, uh, which he wrote in the 7th century and uses this term Sklaveni. Another term is also used in Carolingian sources by Einhard who writes it down while listing the tribes that Charlemagne conquered and wrote that these tribes, while speaking almost the same language, differed greatly as regards custom and costume. Yeah, essentially the language group was similar enough, but the people in the Slav language group were vastly different compared to each other. And to me, gives the impression that they won't see eye to eye on everything, which historically they already don't. It's the main reason you don't see a successful pan-Slavic movement holding on, uh, just because of the differences in how they live compared to each other. So the term Slaveni was also continued to be used in the remnants of the Roman Empire and may have come from an actual tribal name, but there's also the chance that the name of the language was actually Slavene. This may have shortened down to Slav over time, and etymologically speaking, Slav may have come from the word Slava, which means honor, glory, or fame. And then we see it turned into the word slave in our areas. So Slav, slave, it's the same root word. Ah, okay, I didn't know that. Well, I can probably guess as to why that is, because according to the Northmen, uh, Slavs were frequently captured by Vikings that spoke Nordic, of course. And they also had uh, quite a lot of activity in 
Britain and the birthplace of the English language. So I can I can guess why why that's the root word is the same. Yeah, this Northman is such a great film. Oh, I want to watch it again already. Yeah, that's great. Now, referring to the language group of, as Slavic is fine, but using the term Slavs for the people can be a bit iffy. Because as Einhard said, these tribes spoke nearly the same dialect, but had completely different customs and clothing, which were probably heavily influenced by the region which they were from and the areas in which they thrived. So, obviously, there will be differentiation between the groups of these Slavic people, and it's like calling everyone who speaks a Latin language the same. So, if you say Italians and Spaniards are the same people because they have some commonality between words, it's not the same because they also have different ways of living within their communities. Same language group, but different customs, basically. Okay. So, where were the Slavic tribes located? So, you basically said a whole bunch of different countries. So, you know how much geography is my favorite subject? I mean, not really, but okay. No, it's not. That's why. Oh, okay. Just to kind of make it easier for you to understand, the Slavic tribes extended from the Baltic Sea, they skipped the Lithuania-Latvia-Estonia region, and stretched down all the way to the Black Sea, just a bit west of Crimea, and extend down into the Balkans, up to a very nice border with Italy. Ah, uh, okay. The area, which is Hungary, they completely skip out on, because the Avars and Pannonians were there. Mm -hmm. And they had a huge chunk of land, which encompasses a lot of what we call Eastern Europe today. So Eastern Europe is basically Slav land. Yeah, that's what I said. Yep, <laughs> that's basically what it is. So why are we going over the Slavs instead of the Rus, since we're ranking the Russian rulers? Well, we need to remember that the Slavs were there before the Rus actually arrived into the area and became the ruling class of the areas we know as Russia, Ukraine, Belarus... And a few other nations at that point as well. So the Rus actually adapted to the Slavic culture instead. And while Russian does remain in the Slavic language group, we need to differentiate that there are many different groups and customs that grew out of this whole inter-exchange of cultures. Well, where are the Rus from? You'll find that out next episode. Ah, okay. Which... You know, we're recording right after this one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> so, long story short, the Slavs, while holding a very similar language, have many different dialects within their own group and customs. And we need to differentiate that they are their own peoples. And all because you're Slavic doesn't mean you're part of this one big, like, national movement. So, if you call a Czech person Russian, they're going to hate your guts for it. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't imagine why. Yeah, and that's... That's pretty much what we're going to talk about the Slavs today. Basically, they're their own peoples. So Slavs is the, is the umbrella term, but it's like, you know, we're all American, but you're from, you're Pennsylvania and I'm Texan. Right. That's, that's the end of it. Yeah. Now, before we completely finish up and head into the poem, I want to give thanks to certain amount of people. First off, I want to give thanks to Rex Factor for basically creating the format. We totally ripped you guys off, and we ripped off a lot of people in the process, but it's all in good fun. It's a genre of podcasting now. It is a genre now, so... You can't rip off a genre. You can't rip off a genre. I want to thank Pontifax and Battle Royale for being my inspiration behind this, and of course, I want to thank Bree for helping make the name Zarpower. Of which she came up with that? Bree came up with that. Oh, okay. I was asking for, I was asking for good puns, and she's like, Zarpower's great. I'm like, that is the one we're using. Then I want to thank Elspeth, because Elspeth helped me make all the fun names for the categories. So I was like, hey, you know, you're, you're pretty punny. I need your help with this. And she helped out. 
Um, I want to thank you, Brendan, for tagging along with this project. No problem. You're very welcome. And then, most importantly of all, I want to thank all the listeners for your support and joining us in this very long journey of going through these Russian rulers. Because it's going to take quite a while. Roberto, how many Russian rulers are there? There are 96. Oh, okay. Well, it's not in the triple digits, at least. We're going to push it into the triple digits, probably, because we're going to have to cover a few other people, too. All right, well, these are an hour long, right? So, what, 96 hours, about by 24. That's four days straight of podcasting. Look, this is the ultimate podcast binge. You know, it could be 96 hours. It could be substantially less. It depends on what we have. Yeah, it depends. There are... There, Sometimes there's more information on uh, more information on these than we would like to put into an hour. Oh, and we have to go over. We're going over. Everyone's going to get their own episode except for probably Putin because there's a lot of stuff going on in that one. Yeah. Well, the farther ahead in time we get, the more information there is. And the longer these episodes will get because I am not going to split up an episode at all. We're going to have we're gonna record in chunks and then just push it all together. All right, so be it. So be it. If we have to listen to six-hour episode, it's a six-hour episode. We're doing a hardcore histories. Fantastic. You don't even want to split it up into parts. Those can take a while to upload. Ah, you know, whatever. All right, it's your podcast. I don't have to worry about all that. Exactly. So, um, I think it's time for us to go into the poem reading. Fantastic. I actually was actually am looking forward to this. I normally don't like poetry, but I did like this poem. The best out of all of them. Oh, this is I Loved You by Pushkin. Oh, this is, I thought we were doing Lot's Wife. That's the next one. Okay. This poem is by the father of Russian literature, Alexander Sergeyevich Pushkin. It's called I Loved You, or Yavastubil, and was written in 1829. I hope you enjoy it. Feel free to request Russian poems for us to read if you know any. Yavastubil, Libovisho, bit mojit. Evdushe maye ugasrnisavsiem. No pustana vas bolchni trevojet, yeni kachupe chalit vas nichem. Ya vas rubil bez molvna, bez nadiozna, to robastiu, to revna siutamim. Ya vas rubil tak iskrena, tak niezna, kakta vam bog libimli bitrugim. I loved you, and perhaps I love you still. The flame, perhaps, is not extinguished. Yet, it burns so quietly within my soul. No longer should you feel distressed by it. Silently and hopelessly I loved you, at times too jealous and at times too shy. God grant you find another who will love you as tenderly and truthfully as I. Oh, that actually came out really nicely. Thank you very much. I like doing dramatic readings. And that's a dosvidanya from me. And from me, it is a vlash prosdayet parazitov. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to translate that. <laughs> All right, see you next time, y'all. All right, see you next time. Gavrjovad, welcome to the... That's the wrong one. Oh.